Well, welcome back. As we head into hour three, we were talking earlier in the show about uh, several uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, chief patrol agents testifying on Capitol Hill today uh, and, you know, giving a testimony to the American people who, if they are paying attention, learned and heard things that they probably, most of them, did not know. Uh, There was another story this week um, that I'm not even sure most Arizonans know about. I'll give you the headline. Arizona Hospital on brink of collapse after spending $20 million on migrant care. Nobody has a solution, one of the administrators say. This is uh, the Yuma Regional, Regional Medical Center. No one knows this issue or this area Better than our old uh, dear friend Jonathan Lines, former chairman of the Arizona Republican Party, but uh, a county supervisor in Yuma County, Arizona. We had him on a couple weeks ago talking about another border crisis at the time. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Seth. Great, great to be here with you. It it doesn't seem like we ever get uh, a story uh, of, of something improving. Instead, it seems to be an ever-cascading story of horrors or parade of horribles, if you will, coming from the border. Last time we talked a few weeks ago, it was about uh, your border town uh, being overrun. And now we see uh, a hospital that many of us know of, uh, certainly certainly everyone in the area and everyone in the military knows of, um, which is on the brink of collapse. Talk to us about this, Jonathan. So one of the, the greatest challenges that we have as a border community is our services um, being taxed to a degree uh, from youth that is unsustainable. And the reason that it's not sustainable, Seth, is because they've spent more than $23 million cumulatively, and it might even be beyond that now, on people coming across the border. And we're not talking about just scrapes and bruises. We're talking about the maternity ward being full. We are talking about people needing uh, dialysis. We're talking about people who uh, have had heart surgery and a myriad of other (coughs) operations uh, as they've come across the border. And uh, it has been something to see. Uh, You know, at first, we were really kind of concerned about being able to discharge a lot of the the, uh, the women coming out of the maternity ward with newborns. Mm-hmm. And as required by state law, you have to have a baby seat. But um, basically, they were being put into a Border Patrol vehicle or a taxi to be able to go down to Border Patrol headquarters to be processed because many of the people went into labor or waited to go into labor until they were actually crossing the border. Um, but we've seen a little bit of everything, Seth, as they've come across and as they have sought assistance. Uh, you know, it, it's really been a challenge for our 911 system and all of our first responders. Uh, I have been down there no more than or no less than 20 times when an ambulance has had to be called uh, because there was something uh disastrous happening or somebody went into labor right as they were crossing the border. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we want to treat anyone who has need to go to the hospital or anyone who's obviously 
delivering a baby. But with this influx, how how serious? I mean, you know, how 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 serious of an issue? I, I suppose I should say how close are we? It says it's on the brink of collapse, and this is after you know untold millions have been spent on it. Could we see an environment where hospitals or this hospital just or other healthcare facilities have to close because they cannot keep up? They just can't keep up. If they're if they're open, they have to treat, but they can't treat if they're going to be subject to malpractice and and other problems, right? Yeah. So um, one of the challenges that any healthcare provider has is that they have to provide the same level of health healthcare to anybody who walks right. in their door. Right. So they're not able to distinguish, you know, one from another. And Yuma uh, Regional Medical Center is our only hospital in Yuma. Uh, they are the uh, the singular provider for emergency services. Sure. And while they have been uh, overrun, I have had people call me and tell me that they had to leave town for an operation or for uh, a child to be born or just to be seen by uh, somebody in emergency services. Um, so they've driven over to Phoenix or they've driven over to San Diego in order to go to a hospital. It's not sustainable, period. And um, I have I, I had the opportunity to take uh, Congressman Biggs over on a CODEL, on an official visit with uh-huh. uh, several congressmen. Yep. Um, they are working on it. Um, and uh, I will have an opportunity within the next two weeks, uh, maybe three weeks. I'm just waiting for the, uh, the day... Uh, and I'll have uh, Jim Jordan, chairman of Judiciary, uh, leading a CODEL, which is the official visit, Good. Uh, down to Yuma Good. so that we can uh, sit down with uh, Dr. Trenchell at the hospital yep. and uh, see, see the border as it really is. Good, good. If appropriate, uh, keep me posted on that uh, if, if you yes, can. I, I'm, I'm delighted to hear, I mean, sadly, but I'm delighted to hear that, you know, attention is being paid. You know, have someone... Uh, in Congress who's chairing a committee who wants to go down there to take it seriously. Um, I think today will be a bit of a wake-up call. Um, The hearings that took place today in Washington, I don't know if you were able to catch them. I watched a lot of them. And what was interesting to me, Jonathan, is the um, the, the, the attack on even having the hearing before the hearing took place. The uh, Democrats on the uh, on the Homeland Security, uh, excuse me, Oversight Investigations Committee said that the hearing was going to be a white nationalist hearing. I mean, they just wanted it shut down is what they want. They didn't want these agents testifying. Um, they, they simply wanted it shut down so that, you know, the American people don't see what is actually going on there. I think that's their, that's really, I think that's their, their goal, to hide and conceal more than anything else. You know, I'd like to contrast that because several senators come to Yuma on a bipartisan uh, official visit, and we were able to spend some time with them. Uh, uh, Senator Sinema, Senator Kelly, uh, as well as six other uh, senators we were able to sit down and digest all of the challenges that we have here in Yuma, and they've been receptive. Uh, I know that Senator Kelly's office has been working on some stopgap measures to assist Yuma Regional Medical Center. Okay. Nothing has been done yet, but um, 
you know, uh, the House could uh, could take a lesson from the Senate and actually admit that there is a challenge, that there is a real problem, and that we have, uh, you know, a serious issue with not only people, but that sadly fentanyl and the narcotics yeah. that are coming across yeah. are destroying our country, yeah. and the Chinese are behind it. All the chemicals are produced by China. They are turned into the cartels. The cartels have these pill presses. One of them was actually shut down about 15 miles uh, southwest of Yuma by a uh, joint task force. Of course, it doesn't take them very long to to, uh, to start it up again, but uh, 90% of the fentanyl coming across the border is coming through Arizona, 90%. Well, I think what we have a duty to explain to the rest of the country um, as we beat our breasts over this is that Arizona is probably the largest fentanyl drug dealer to the other 49 states, too, at this point, as a result of what you just said. Our state is probably the largest drug dealer in the country. Yeah, and I've had governors, senators, uh, congressional representatives from almost every state in the union come to to Yuma and... uh, you know, want to see how the fentanyl and the other narcotics are making their way across the Arizona border into every uh, main street across our our great United States. And they've realized and told me that every town is a border town, every state is a border state. Yep. Yep. Fentanyl that's come through here lands in Virginia as much as it lands in Phoenix. Jonathan, I have to take a quick commercial break. I'd love to pursue this conversation with you if you can stick with me for a couple more segments. It's a delight having you. Jonathan Lines is our guest, former state uh, chairman of the Arizona Republican Party, but also county supervisor in Yuma County and a dear friend of this show, of course, and our country. He and I will be right back. Jonathan Lines is our guest. He is uh, county supervisor at Yuma County. Many of you know him as the former state chair of the GOP. Jonathan, just it dawns on me, I, I keep mentioning your job as a, as a county supervisor. What percentage of your time has to deal with this illegal immigration issue? I'm going to guess uh, the bulk of your time. Uh, a few hours a day um, working with uh, the different groups. So. Seth, I'm also the chairman of the Yuma Community Food Bank, okay, good. which is the which is the only food bank in Yuma. So uh, we have been dealing with uh, some of the challenges, and I, I have to commend <coughs> a lot of the listeners of this show and other shows and members of different uh, religious congregations that have stepped up and assisted um, so that uh, we were able to have the resources that we need at. Good. Uh, Yuma Community Food Bank. It's delightful over the last couple of years. Good, it's it's been amazing. Yeah. But you know, we see these challenges uh, distributing um, food to seventeen uh, NGOs or non governmental organizations throughout the community. We, of course, cannot take program food or USDA food that's been distributed through the state and um, distribute that to the illegals or non residents. Um, but we have received um, uh, significant assistance from the LDS Church in order to <laughs> distribute and care for, as well as other congregations. So it's, it's been uh, great to see the response of people who 
uh, we're stepping up to to take care of people once they get here, regardless uh, of their status. You know, it dawns on me, Jonathan, I didn't ask you about another um, another part of this parade of horribles that is uh, going to be on a lot of people's minds over the next several days here, at least in the Maricopa County, and that's the issue of trafficking. Are you seeing a lot of trafficking activity, child trafficking, sex trafficking? So the sheriff and I were visiting and looking at some statistics from last year, uh, last fiscal year, and they identified at a minimum 2,000-plus unaccompanied minors yeah. that they know have been trafficked. One of the challenges that Border Patrol faces, and it's something they shared with me when um, Congressman Biggs and I were there one early morning, is that uh, this administration has um, told them that they needed to process faster and that they do not need to do any additional DNA testing. And the agents shared with us that they knew people were being trafficked but couldn't do anything about it mm-hmm. and because the administration has stopped DNA testing of the declared family union units. That was one of the things that they did previously to make sure, Seth, that everybody belonged to that family. Why would you stop so sheriff, this is so that the numbers don't look as bad as they otherwise would? What would be the what would be the reasoning behind stopping such testing? I, I, I really want to know, Seth. Yeah. Um, that was one of those things that we were able to use. Uh, it was a tool in the toolbox yep. to be able to determine who was being trafficked. You know, we, we're concerned about human trafficking. We know that it's happening. Um and Border Patrol would like the ability to go back and do that again. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to happen under this administration. I'm thinking a little bit about uh, the State of the Union tonight uh, that uh, President Biden will deliver. Uh, and I'm thinking about what he said last year, uh, almost exactly a year ago today. He said, and I'm quoting directly, Jonathan, if we are to advance liberty and ju- if we are to advance liberty and justice, we need to secure our border and fix the immigration system. Um, since that statement from the stats I'm reading, uh, total migrant encounters have increased 41%. Yeah. And Mallorca says that we are implementing the president's border plan. Well, what is the plan? To increase Simply the problem. To allow- I, yeah, to increase the yeah. problem. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, what Mallorca's- else does one deduce? Yeah, right. Yeah, Mallorca's committed to the mayor and I that he was going to plug the gaps along the Yuma border and in the Yuma sector. He says, we'll take care of 9 of 11. Nothing has ever happened. I I am happy to report that after one year, uh, I observed some dirt moving last week. Okay. So I anticipate that they do something in two of the 11 gaps. And that's right at Morello's Dam, where people walk across. It's a natural uh, you've bridge take, area. Yeah, you've taken me through. Yeah, you've taken me through there. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, let me give people just a, a you know some so an understanding of, of of the level of the crisis. Uh, Jay Johnson, you know him, former Secretary of Homeland Security under President Obama, said that a thousand apprehensions per day overwhelms the system. A thousand. Okay. And then he said, I cannot begin to imagine what 4,000 a day would look like. He said that in 2019. Well, 
Last year we were doing six thousand a day, Jonathan. I mean, this. I, I, I'm not telling you. I'm telling you so that the audience can overhear this and that you can comment on yeah. this. I mean, this is just. We run out of words. Not sustainable crisis. I mean, these words just aren't strong enough anymore. There were so many people coming across that they didn't have any place to put them. So, yeah. and this was going back one year. Yeah. So they actually left them out on the ground. You know, oftentimes for two days yeah. uh, before they were able to process them. Uh, you know, and then you talk about the cost yeah. of maintaining and processing. These stand-up centers are costing the United States millions of dollars a week. Yeah. And they have brought people in from all over the United States to work in these processing centers. And, you know, once you have created this new government entity and program, do government entities and programs ever really go away? Well, I, I, some do. Testing DNA of unaccompanied minors, that one, <laughs> that one goes away. Title, 40, yeah. Title 42 protocols seem to go away. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, and if, the, if yeah. Title 42 does go away, <laughs> yeah. if, if that goes away, yeah. Seth, yeah. I, I shudder to think. Yeah. I mean, our numbers are down, and they typically go down in January yeah. uh, post-holidays. Yeah. Um, and you have one port, port in Arizona that is processing people through it. They can make an appointment. Yeah. Um, we are down about 30%, uh, but we're still seeing four to 500 people a day come through. Wow. And that's a lot. Yeah. That, that's – it's, it's – it, it it's probably i mean i don't know what will get a turn of the head here perhaps hearings perhaps an effort to impeach mayorkas i just don't know perhaps a greater crime wave nothing good though nothing good let me take a quick commercial break i'd love to get some of your other thoughts on the state of the union uh, wearing your okay. hat as a uh, former chair of uh, the state party. Jonathan Lines is our guest. He is a supervisor in uh, Yuma County, a county supervisor in Yuma. He's the former state chair of the GOP. And uh, as he was explaining as well, uh, does great, um, great civic and uh, humanitarian work uh, with the food bank uh, in Yuma as well. He and I will be right back. Jonathan Lines is our guest. Many of you remember him as the chairman of our state GOP. He is currently a county supervisor in Yuma County, one of the go-tos for uh, media that is willing to cover the border crisis. You often will see him uh, appearing on Fox News. By the way, Jonathan, do you ever get called by CNN or MSNBC? Uh, Newsmax, News Nation. Okay, okay. uh, Reuters, Uh uh, Walter Cronkite, and... uh, some of the others, but uh, I don't think I've ever gotten a call from CNN. Interesting, interesting. This is part and parcel of the crisis doesn't exist if you can't see it. Remember when they were trying to take take uh, take out, not take out, but uh, shut down that, that Fox News drone? I forget the name of the reporter who was doing it about a year yep. or so ago. I mean, they just don't want yep. anything seen here. You're former chairman of the state GOP. You've been involved in Republican Party politics at very many levels. Uh, the recent polling has 75 percent of this country saying that the country is on the wrong track. That's a number and a statistic that really resides and is housed in what the president of the United States, what course he's putting us on and how he's able to communicate. How do you assess our State of the Union? Obviously, from a partisan lens, as, as, 
as it would be, but also as just an American. How do you how do you view the state of our union right now? Interestingly enough, it, I, it, <laughs> I have lots of friends uh, that I work with um, who don't necessarily view uh, the world with the same uh, eyes that I do, okay. and they even tell me that it's yeah. not sustainable. Yeah, um, you know, you look at our energy costs, you look at food costs, you look at our national policies on defense, you look at uh, <clears throat> national defense, you know, and the willingness of, uh, you know, past generals to not inform the President of the United States that we had Chinese balloons going overhead. And then for anything like that, for our sovereignty to be uh, in question is really tragic. Yeah. And to not know where allegiances truly lie um, is is scary. I have never been more worried about um, our state of the state mm-hmm. than I have now. Yeah. Do you think it's a leadership problem or do you think it's an ideological problem? I mean, let me let me put it. I think this, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I think it's a yeah. Little bit of both. As I asked it, I was thinking that because, you know, this is not something that a Bill Clinton would have allowed. I just don't think it, it is. No. I just don't think it is. He understood things a little differently. You know, I think it is ideological, but it's also leadership. And I think that uh, while everybody is looking at Ukraine, we've got China, Korea, and others who are uh, pushing their limits, seeing what uh, or what we will not do as far as pushing back. That's scary. We haven't really... I, I had a couple of different people share with me their concern, um, and one of them was uh, Congressman Eli Crane. I met with him last week. Uh-huh. And in our conversation, he says, you know, I'm an America First candidate. He goes, but – and and it was a, a, a distinguished group of people that we were sitting down with, and it took some of them back. And he says, but let me help you understand. He says, I signed up to defend the United States. I took an oath. Sure. He said, I was in the armed forces then – you know, um, was able to be accepted into the SEALs. He says, I've taken that oath. That means something to me. Mm-hmm. I want to take care of America first. Mm-hmm. And it was refreshing in the way that he described it, not trying to alienate anybody, but just saying, look, I'm here to serve you individuals, the people here in the United States, and to protect your sovereignty and to be your voice in Congress. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think sometimes, especially... When you see what's happening along the border, I don't think that this administration prioritizes the people who live here in the United States. They're prioritizing everyone else over the citizens of the United States. I was mentioning, yeah, I, you're totally, yeah, yeah, it is. I was, I was mentioning uh, or reminding the audience earlier in the show, Jonathan, that if you think back to the State of the Union address from a year ago, the first. I can't remember how long it was, but I counted uh, the words at the time. The first 25 percent, the top of the speech was all about Ukraine. It was almost as if he was trying to unite the United States of America over the cause of another country, a, a cause I, I, I deeply support, quite frankly, but a very odd thing to try and shift your State of the Union address into an effort to unite this very divided country over the plight of another one. A plight, by the way, I think he overpromised success on, and a plight that now almost seems 
forgotten by by non by 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 non military members. But I think the military is going to have to think a little bit about it. Let me get your sense on that when I come right back. This was a short segment. Okay. I'll, I'll have one more concluding thought because people sometimes uh, don't think of it as much, but. Uh, Flyfield, or uh, it used to be Flyfield way back when. Marine Corps Air Station Yuma, MCAS Yuma, is based uh, where Jonathan lives. He'll have a good sense of where the military's mindset is as well. Jonathan and I will be right back. Jonathan Lyons is our guest, dear friend. He is the former chair of the state GOP. He's also a uh, county supervisor in uh, Yuma County, District 2. Uh, Jonathan, I was just mentioning, you know, not a lot of people here keep in mind that Yuma is a is a military town. Um, MCAS is down there. What 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 is the the talk on the street? I mean, obviously, uh, people aren't going to say anything they can't say. But what is the talk and the concern on the street about not only the state of our national defense and sovereignty, but what they might be thinking about with regard to the threats we have? You mentioned China. Uh, we didn't mention Iran, uh, but that is certainly uh, not going anywhere. And, of course, the situation with Ukraine. Yeah, they're concerned about it, right? Yeah. We have uh, <clears throat> we have a lot of Marines and uh, lots of uh, Army um, military personnel that uh, live and reside in Yuma. We, we, we test all weaponry by the Army before it leaves and is deployed. We have a, a significant presence, and when you... They don't think highly of this administration as far as leadership and as far as prioritizing national defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's one of the primary responsibilities of a president is to provide that national defense. Mm-hmm. And they just do not feel sustained. They've been so focused on the wokeness, they are not focused on the the basics of the military, what the military is there to do. And the military is to do harm to those that would do harm to us, and they're to serve as that uh, that line of defense. And they just, they're frustrated. You know, I um, I keep thinking about this number, uh, 75% thinking we're on the wrong track. I was looking at what it was when Donald Trump gave his last State of the Union, which would have been, uh, it would have been in 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. Yep. Uh, and it was, um, it was, it was 20 points better. It was 20 points better. And you think about all the hopes and dreams that were poured into propelling Joe Biden into the presidency, a man who would unite us, a man who would restore what they would call normalcy, uh, a man who would calm roiling waters. And I got to tell you, whether it's the inability to communicate basic sentences from the White House press secretary or the ideology of this far left personnel staffed administration, or merely the incompetence. Anything, yeah, I mean, we we are we are in the soup. Stability. Yeah, we're in the soup. Yeah, anything but stability. Anything but re- regular, normal, and respected. No, no one respects us. Uh, you know, worldwide because of our leadership right now. Which is uh, a dangerous place to be in, because I think part and parcel of what that Chinese balloon was was a bit of a for, for, forgive me trial balloon, a, a bit of a test of us. One hundred percent. They are testing and probing and seeing what we're willing to do. Yeah, I, I it's, it's, and it, that there was even a question. That, about that's what, what I was trying to say. Yeah, the idea that they would even want Why? us to go through a test. Right, right. Yeah. Why? I mean, as soon as it was identified, it should have been taken out or captured. So you know, 
They could have looked at the technology and to try, try to determine what was happening there. Just, it's just frustrating. We don't have a president that looks after the interests of the citizens of the United States first and foremost. He's, it's, he's almost an America last. It, it feels candidate. that way. It feels that way. Yeah. He, he's America last. There seems to be this kind of sophisticated notion that to think of your of America first is to be some kind of, I don't know, uh, mega maga thing. Like saying America first is a bad idea. Saying make America great again. It's the whole idea of America great again. And I don't even mean Trump. Just the idea of the notion that saying America great is 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 a pejorative, is a negative to an entire party in this country. Uh, is is a subversion I just never thought I'd I'd ever see. You said seventy five percent, and I would venture to say that it's probably closer to ninety five percent because be. I have not met one person, and even people who are you know registered and full full on activists inside the Democrat Party, and they know that we're on the wrong path. They know that this is not sustainable. Jonathan, um, I you know I just wonder what it's going to take to get this turned around. Obviously, winning the House of Representatives was a good first step. Obviously, if we can build on that, uh, the Senate here I, that's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Uh, the Senate generally really is, is going to is I think in play, but from the Arizona perspective, it's going to be a toughie, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of chips have to. A lot of chips have to fall in exactly the right place for us to get that Senate seat. Isn't it going to be true? I think that there's more of a chance now um, than we've had in a couple of years. Good uh, to go in and do that, uh, just because you've got uh, you know Democrats and Independents that'll be d- divided on that race, and that uh, if we put forward a, a good, strong uh, Republican candidate, that. Uh, they can win the race, then, then we have a chance of getting it back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I let's hope that they divide. I mean, I, it's worth reminding people every single time the opportunity comes up that Kirsten Cinema, for all her uh, for all her vaunted independence, still votes the Biden agenda over ninety eight percent of the time. So. Yeah. The fight between right. ninety eight and ninety nine percent, you know that. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. Yeah, that could give us that could give us uh, a good advantage. Well, Jonathan, you've been very generous with your time. I always love checking in with you, and uh, stay close and uh, keep us posted on some of these uh, congressional visits. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Seth. You betcha, Jonathan Lines uh, from Yuma County, checking in. Uh, and uh, as I go to break, let me put in a word. Uh, for why refi you've heard me talking about them for a while now and if you still have questions about investing with them they they would urge you uh inspire they would encourage you to give them a call at 888-YREFI34. They'd love to put you in touch with any number of the many satisfied customers in the Phoenix area who have been happily investing with them and seeing great returns with them. Also talk to you about your IRA. If you'd like it to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market, Y-Refi is there for you. You can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds and keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax-deferred. That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA, and you don't have to pay taxes on the income you earn. Check them out, investyrefi.com, investyrefi.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. It uh, really means a ton. Uh, we will uh, cover the State of the Union uh, live here, uh, so you don't have to go anywhere uh, if you're um, if you're inclined to hear it uh, over the airwaves. Uh, we're uh, going to have a special panel for that. And um, I was just thinking, you know, we commemorated Ronald Reagan's birthday yesterday. I had occasion to quote him in my monologue a few hours ago. It was a speech uh, I was quoting from that he gave in front of the Statue of Liberty in uh, New Jersey, Liberty State Park, in 1980, uh, talking about Ronald Reagan denying that we were in a uh, depression, just as Joe Biden is now denying that we're in a recession. And I was going back to that speech. Ronald Reagan gave the indictment of the economy, and he said, Jimmy Carter's answer to all this misery, he tries to tell us that we're only in a recession, not a depression, as if definitions relieve our suffering. It's interesting how that has now shifted, isn't it, with Joe Biden denying the recession. Let it show on the record, Ronald Reagan said, that when the American people cried out for help, Jimmy Carter took refuge behind a dictionary. Isn't it interesting that the Biden administration tried to change the definition of recession? Uh, Reagan went on, well, if it's a definition he wants, I'll give him one. A recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. And recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his. It was a huge, hugely important line. Um, And he then went on to the notion of how an economy is not to be saved by semantic quibbles, Ronald Reagan's phrase. Miss that man. More importantly, miss the recovery that he uh, brought and stood for. And uh, hopefully with uh, the things Jonathan was saying, we'll be well on our road to one as well. We'll talk about the State of the Union more in depth tomorrow. But again, thank you all for being with us a little bit of your day. And until tomorrow, God bless you all and class dismissed.